0: Okay, it's June 30th, welcome to Leviathan News, and uh, we're back in the gutter, boys. It's over. Let's pack up and go home. The, Goodbye, uh, folks. What's great? The SEC has said that uh, spot Bitcoin ETF filings are inadequate. Uh, this news actually just came out this morning. Uh, it was published by the Wall Street Journal. Obviously, somebody got some insider information from the SEC to uh, paper of record. And uh, they said a a recent wave of applications filed by like BlackRock and Fidelity and others are not sufficiently clear or comprehensive. And part of it has come down to uh, this idea of information sharing uh, between all the exchanges and the ability of uh, these offshore exchanges to operate without being in the SEC's uh, like watchful eye. Right? So... Uh, there were some interesting comments, actually. So, Nick Carter, who is uh, one of my more favorite commentators, uh, came out and said that, you know, like it's crazy that the SEC is demanding uh, spot ETF uh, issuers of Bitcoin to come in. And he said, can we just remark in the lunacy of the SEC demanding that ETF issuers have knowledge of virtually every trade in a global spot commodity traded in every country on earth, including P2P and held by 50 to a hundred million people. He's like, this is not a standard that any commodity ETF has ever been asked to meet. It's fundamentally an unreachable standard. So it's an absurd question to ask. Yeah, I pers- don't
1: know. It's just like... Blue team says red team sucks. More news at eleven.
0: Is it? The, is it though? Like, like the the off, the biggest off chain exchanges, so Binance, OKX, will never submit to these information sharing th- uh, requirements that the SEC has. Uh, and so even if even if you know all of the trading from Kraken and Coinbase and the other ones are are shared, uh, there's still a huge amount of uh, exchange that happens overseas, right? Uh, offshore as well too and you know it's not like we're looking at when you look at like copper trade or gold or something uh, you know a lot of that happens outside of the US's uh, like reach as well too so I, I don't understand where the hang-up is
1: what do you mean like we've been talking about this for months now like they just they are anti-crypto and want control and don't want people involved and like that's a political view that I think honestly like I don't agree with but I understand and you know BlackRock and Fidelity came out with their view that like the Bitcoin ETFs are fair game, and then SEC is saying no. <laughs> like I don't know. Again, red team says blue team sucks. More at eleven.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, battle of interests. You know, like uh, there, there is some kind of uh, like
2: uh, game being played uh, that like I don't think we're uh, being told like uh, everything as as it is. There's there's all kinds of backlash behind stage and. We're just witnessing the, the the surface of it. We're not seeing what's
0: actually going on. But are regulatory agencies supposed to be like red team, blue team?
1: What do you, I mean, uh, nothing is supposed to be red team, blue team. But our society is breaking down, and that's all we have left.
0: I understand. I I, I get it. I know what you're saying here, but you know these are supposed to be independent organizations
1: yeah but i mean just like i'm sorry but like we lost that as a country like probably in 2000 with bush v gore but like everything's politicized everything okay
0: well uh the jake Travinsky. well can
1: i make you feel better yeah about
3: this one so uh it's not as bad as 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 it got read it definitely not as bad as like the uh if you look at like the the chart, you look at that candle, that is a disgusting, you know, 31 to 29K kind of candle. Um, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, mainly because what are they saying in this? Uh, I think they know they're over man. I think they realize the big boy is now here. The biggest, of, the, of all the boys that there are, BlackRock is the biggest one, you know, and now we can't dick around anymore. We were kind of like stonewalling this thing. It's no good, you know. So they are just oh. trying to be a little bit nitpicky. But actually, the thing that they're asking about, you know, they're saying it's inadequate. That's the headline. I get that. That's the the kind of eye-grabby headline. But actually, it's wait, you didn't name the exchange. Once you okay, not naming the exchange That's kind of reasonable. Like that's a reasonable thing for for them to ask prior to approval. And so I read this, and you know, from reading like. Um, some of my more legalese fluent friends and uh, in their interpretation of this, and some of these are people who actually worked on some of the previous filings throughout the years. They're reading this as this thing's inevitable. This thing is coming, and this is just like the, Gary's. Gary's doing what Gary wants to do, and but like the actual things they're asking for here don't seem that unreasonable. This thing is coming, and you can't stop it. And like you can might slow it down, but you can't stop it.
0: Well, uh, the Blockchain Association is trying to stop it. So yesterday, Jake Trevensky, uh came out and said that the uh, Blockchain Association published a, a document saying that Gary Gensler should recuse himself as he has wrongly perjured that all or wrongly prejudged that all digital assets are securities. So uh, he said that every SEC enforcement action must follow the Wells process. So in this case, the SEC commissioners are meant to act as neutral arbiters impartially weighing the evidence and arguments presented by the SEC staff. And, you know, when it comes to digital assets, uh, the Chair Gensler has, has made several statements that have shown his, his bias and non-neutrality in all of this. So uh, he said that in February 2023, uh, Chair Gensler said, everything other than Bitcoin, you can find a website, you can find a group of entrepreneurs. Uh, but at the core, these are tokens. Uh, wait. But at the core, these tokens are securities because there's a group in the middle. So, uh, Jake Travinsky goes on to say that this is wrong. It's a it's a well settled that determining a particular transaction falls within the scope of security laws requires careful analysis of the facts and circumstances. It's it's you cannot throw blanket statements like these around. Every single instance has to be uh, judged and uh, litigated for or against, and so these broad statements clearly show that, that chair Gensler has prejudged the facts and law in every case involving digital assets. And so they're calling for him to recuse himself.
1: Blue team says red team
3: sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, I, I think, uh, I think uh, for a change, uh, like for a change, we're actually saying uh, in a way, the same thing. Like, uh, there's a whole battle of uh, different interests. I definitely agree with John here, uh, by the way. I think uh, that now when the big boys are in the game, uh, it's pretty much a matter of time. I personally have a feeling that uh, Gensler will not be the head of the SEC once uh, the ETF is actually approved, but of course it's just uh, just a guess that I'm making and I have, uh, I have nothing to base it uh, on uh, in the actual ground. It's just It's just how I'm feeling.
0: Uh, so... In other news, the uh, Coinbase is actually offering some decent yields. So uh, if you have not seen, they're offering 4% yields on USDC held in their exchange, uh, probably because they swap it into USDC and then they're turning around and putting everything in treasury. So Coinbase is having to compete quite heavily uh, to maintain its relevancy and keep money inside of its exchange.
1: I mean, weren't you, like, basically begging for this, like, three months ago with, like, like, wasn't Frax and the whole Paxos thing? Like, I thought this is what we were begging for.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely what we need. I mean, rates have to adjust. Uh, there's no way that that you can, like, lend money uh, at, like, 2 to 3% when you can just turn around and invest it in risk-free treasuries at 5 right?
1: Yeah. Re- Rex quote. What? What? <laughs>
0: No risk-free treasuries. Not Rex oh. quote.
1: No, reading their <laughs> comments He's reading. <laughs> it. someone
0: in the chat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there is something sort of interesting about this. Like, I'll admit that I, um, like, I have a Coinbase account. I generally try and keep money out of it. Um, but this is a business Coinbase account, right? Um, it's very tough to find a business banking account that gives any sort of yield. Like, personal accounts for banking will give four percent yield, um, mm. but. Uh, for business banking accounts, the best thing I'm able to find is like 1.75%. Um, so I was actually like, okay, I'll do the opposite of what I advise people to do and I'll keep some money on exchanges and I'll keep my USDC on Coinbase and get twice the yield because it's like, makes perfect sense. So I, I interpret this as like uh, Coinbase is going to have a hefty, hefty legal bill coming up and they want as much money on their exchanges they can have.
1: Uh Yeah. I Honestly, like I think it's, like we just saw how many um, like real businesses that like we like that were holding like big amounts of cash at Silicon Valley Bank, right? And every other bank. And like you do that because you wanna maintain like liquidity, but you also, you know, like I, I just, whether or not you like this or not, I just see like our industry becoming more like <laughs> the way the real world works. And like, I think that's a good thing. I think it's inevitable. For sure. You know, we- I think it's inevitable, and
2: I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, all the different actors will have to reassess in order uh, to survive. So for me, it's like a, just another uh, small step uh, in, in, with uh, an entity like Coinbase that, uh, you know, for now we call it an exchange, but in five years from now, maybe it's like a bank, it's a neo bank, it's a huge neo- Uh, You you know, uh, people are trying to adjust in order to both be uh, compliant and have a strong uh, legal case and also be able to provide the services they want to provide. And Coinbase is such a huge and important actor uh, in it that I definitely think that uh, they have a a very good position, uh, them and and some of the others, to become uh, like, uh, you know, just a new kind of banks in about five years, a decade. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's just there's a lot more competition now, and there's also a very profitable business to run a stablecoin as well too. So Coinbase wants all the the money that it can uh, can get, um, because rates are extremely high.
1: Yeah, I mean it's only profitable while we're <laughs> in this like historic reflection off of the COVID lows. But
4: <laughs> but wait, are we are we all like thinking that this is um, uh, like in 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 competition with the banks, because I'm seeing this more as this is in competition with Tether, right? With USDC, uh, you know, market cap dropping so much recently. I think this is their way to try and get, and and they've done this the whole time, right? Where like Tether is used, Tether has volume, and USDC is where you park your cash. That's what people do, do it for. And they turned it down, and I think, you know, that completely killed whatever they had built. Because you saw the market cap go down and now i think i'm going to be watching the market cap and see okay what does this four percent mean for uh people
1: holding uscc yeah i mean i think like i think that um i i agree that it's like more a like attempt to um strengthen or bolster themselves against tether but like that being said like you know i don't i don't run like a business account or like have you know but if i did like i could totally imagine a world in which like let's say i have like x amount of dollars in my TradFi bank account um like why not just hold it in like we, you know I, I can just see like at the same time that this is about bolstering the circle product this is also about like coinbase evolving from an exchange to like a you know holistic full circle um financial services company so i think it, it runs both ways
0: I just think there's a lot of demand. Like, if you get there's there's been a huge drawdown in USDC, obviously because of the Silicon Valley Bank stuff, but additionally because you know, like, why would you keep your money in stables right now when you could park your funds in a 30 day treasury that is earning like five percent? It just makes no sense. Uh, and so there's enough the rates are high enough that it's just sucking liquidity out of the system. And so this is the only way that Coinbase is able to maintain relevancy uh, and and keep now. No, you don't think so. No, no, no. It's very simple explanation.
3: Think why they picked this number.
0: Four, four. four.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. Four. There we go. All right. Well, message that the the actual right answer comes at the end from Garrett. Garrett knows what's up. All right. So Camelot Desk, Camelot Dex is requesting two million arbitrum uh, distributed. 12 million Arbitrum. Yeah, well, it's, it's 2 million a month. 2 million Arbitrum uh, a month for six months to distribute as liquidity and integration incentives. Essentially cementing themselves as like the primary decks on, on Arbitrum going forward. And so they've requested that they receive this so that they can drive a ton of liquidity and uh, help Arbitrum builders.
2: Interesting. What, uh, what do you guys think about uh, that?
0: I mean,
1: okay. it's good for, for Camelot for going after it. I, I don't real like <laughs> we should all be trying to get as much free money as possible. I have no <laughs> problem with that. I am curious to see what, um, like the Dow community reaction is, but like what I actually think that means is off chains reaction is, and just to see if like they're interested in, you know, like putting direct financial incentives against like, um, pretty like mercenary stuff. And so, um, yeah, I, just, I think the story here is much more in the reaction than in the proposal.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm uh, referring to. Because I've seen all kinds of uh, different takes, uh, like, you know, for it and uh, against it. Because in a way, uh, I definitely agree. Some say that uh, Camelot uh, are doing, like, a good thing for the community because it's all going to be uh, distributed for uh, LPRs and uh, stuff. And others say, uh, you know, it's just a way for them to, uh, like, uh, maintain their, uh, to strengthen their, their status as the strongest uh, DEX. And I can definitely uh, understand that argument as well.
0: Do you guys use Camelot? Uh, have you, have you?
2: Uh... Only for one, like, trade that I had to do, and there was a lot more uh, liquidity out there. But I didn't use it uh, as a launchpad uh, like they did with uh, with some of the tokens. Uh, but... Uh, And I don't know, I'm hearing good stuff about it, but I didn't uh, participate in any of the launches myself.
0: So right now, Camelot has like 2.1 million ARB in its treasury that it's using for governance. Uh, It's going to commit that to the multi-sig for the entire six-month duration. Uh, So like on a month-to-month basis, it'll have committed more than it gives out. So they're going to be used for the pools. I think there's some questions about like which pools are going to be endorsed about how much yeah. are gonna be a endorsed as always since it is kind of mercenary.
4: So so I think this is probably one of the most contentious uh I mean I mean actually does anybody else have any thoughts first? No go ahead Wayne. Derek, go do ahead. do you have anything? I
2: okay, definitely don't so, know what when was thinking.
4: So so like I think that the first thing uh, to see is like what what is the DAO saying, right? And there's I think there was like 50 to 70 different replies within like the first six hours of this being posted. So that's I mean, it's awesome. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, right? It's, it's that like people do give a shit and they are writing these like long ass replies. There are people on both sides um, and here, here's my take, right? So the people who are saying no are basically saying this is a lot of money, right? But um, yeah, sure. Twelve million dollars is a lot of money, but they're, they're not really putting it into perspective, right? I mean, we've seen we've seen it's it's like tokens. We've seen some insane sort of uh, you know deals like this before. So I, I don't think that's that's exactly valid, but I get what they're trying to say. Um, but I think the really cool thing to kind of focus on is what DeFi advisor said, right? Like these guys that they, they could say, oh, you know, let's take twelve million and then give one million to the team and then give. They're not doing any of that, right? None of it's going to the team. None of it's going to any advisors. None of it's going to any, um, none of it's like, no, nothing, none of it's being, uh, going to any, like, I don't know. Um, so here's, yeah.
0: I got a couple of questions for you, Ben. Right. Yeah. So is giving out the ARB as LP cool. incentives the best method for driving usage? in the Arbitrum ecosystem.
4: So uh, the thing about like these kind of pools, right? That needs to, that you need to, everyone kind of needs to understand first really is that without uh, incentivizing long tail assets like this, it's very difficult to get long tail asset liquidity, right? So if you're a protocol on Arbitrum, one of the great things that you can do now is you can uh, enter a partnership with Camelot or any other decks, but let's stick with Camelot, I guess, because we know it works. And you don't have to give your own token, right you can enter this partnership on the roundtable with Camelot and you don't have to give your own token and you can get a lot of liquidity so we've done it with umami we don't have to uh, you know emit any of our tokens and that's a great thing and there's like other protocols that have done it so these long tail assets are it, it, it's just inevitable right because who who is gonna who is gonna provide as much liquidity as is needed for uh you know these big sellers big and even people who want to buy the token, who is going to provide that liquidity? And I think there's only, there's only two options, and that's UniV3 or um, Camelot. And the great thing is Camelot does have a UniV3-style uh, LP function now. Yes. And I think, and I hope that Camelot will be using uh, some of their incentives uh, and slowly moving toward this UniV3-style thing, which means that the incentives are even more uh, effective, right so if you ask me between Camelot or another fork of velodrome or a different fork of XYz protocol i'm going to say this every single time right because they have that univ v three functionality you can get like ten times more effective liquidity, meaning you need ten times less tokens you know so that's that's the, the way that I think about it and everything would else, you say
0: I- would you say that that Camelot is best positioned to distribute this R if they were Given it?
4: So yeah. So in terms of uh, a DEX, right, like as as an Arbitrum Foundation, I think everyone needs to think of what are the protocols that we want to that that really needs to be bolstered. And I think that a, a native DEX where you can have long tail assets and you can have price discovery is really, really important. Uh and and you know, curve fulfills that role for stable coins, but it doesn't fulfill that role for everything. And uh, GMX fulfill that role for you know big big assets, but it doesn't fulfill it for everything. Only only dexes like Camelot or uh, other dexes like that kind of fulfill that role. That's why I am kind of like sitting there and I'm thinking this is the most effective one that I've seen. I I think it's a I think it's a great.
0: So let's talk about the downsides though. Like w- yeah. if Camelot selected there's other exchanges out there, there's like Trader Joe, Maverick, uh, Univ4, just to name a few, right? Like if you're selecting Camelot and essentially like enshrining it as the primary liquidity hub for the arbitrary ecosystem, like wh- what does that mean for all these other exchanges?
4: Okay, so um, th- th- that's a really good point, right? And I think that's the point that uh, the no side has a really good argument for, right? It's about like what kind of competition do you want to bolster? Um, but I think it should be, it should kind of be based upon not just everybody gets the same thing, right? Because that wouldn't make sense, right? You can think about like, oh, what would be the perfect way to do this? Everybody getting the exact same when Camelot is like 10 times bigger, that doesn't really make sense. So should it be on TVL? Well, even TVL, it should kind of be on efficiency of TVL. And I think, uh, in terms of that, there are, there are a few candidates like Maverick. I, I haven't really looked at, but I think Maverick is... Is doing like uni v3 optimization right
0: something like that yeah well don't you think we could solve this with some sort of like gauge style system if we're going to distribute two million a month mm-hmm. can we just have a monthly vote to have people vote with their arb say like where do you want the arb to go
4: i think no. the problem with, uh the problem with gauges is that you need a set uh, you need a set it's not set.
0: even i mean gauge in the sense of like uh vote for which protocol, right? Yeah, protocols. Now, you're not voting for pairs. You're voting protocols here. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
4: So it's it's the same of like I would I would like prefer as a little arb emitted as as a bag holder of arb right or as anybody who is a shareholder of arb and, and, and has a say in this. You you want as little uh, emissions as possible, but you also want to bolster uh, the mm-hmm. important uh, protocols as possible. So, it's, it's a give and take. And if you do a gauge mechanism, you're going to have to say, oh, let's emit 30 million per week. And then the gauges will decide who gets what. But you need to kind of fix that 30 million, which is uh, it just, in my opinion, kind of like I, w- I want to be really stingy with it. Right. <laughs> so, and I can't do that with gauges. That's my problem.
0: So, so, if you want to be stingy with it, like how is the, two, how is the 12 million over six months the right number?
4: Well, okay so um I think the question of whether or not it's the right number is 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 a very good one right that's that's the thing that here if you're in 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 this I think everyone's seeing this as a hard 12 million
1: will they emit
4: it all that's not I don't think that that's the case right they can't, they've haven't they they put I think a lot of grail up to um emissions but they didn't use nearly all of it nearly any of it right they pretty much just and I, I think they would have the same kind of situation with uh, even with the v3 it will be even more efficient so they would be using even less but um you know on the other side uh the, the proposal can always you know the, the discussion is a discussion for a reason right and uh, 12 million is a number that they've put if if the Dow feels that you know 8 million is more important more uh, of a suitable number whatever it may be it's you know the discussion is there for the re- the reason to have a discussion, right? That's the point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like I think I think we can have a conversation about is the number right? Like, look, the reality is is that whoever wrote the Camelot proposal just put a number down, right? And then we can <laughs> like argue about that, and that's fine. But like, I think we can talk about gauges and like, but like, honest to God, what is the difference between this proposal and voting for gauge like g- voting with gauges on a protocol by protocol basis, right? Like this is literally exactly the same, it's just less automated. And I, I just, when my question for you is like, let, let's just imagine a world one year from now. And like, yeah. let's say that um, Camelot was given this incentive and like, because they got this incentive, they're able to dominate Arbitrum liquidity to the yes. point where like one year from now, 90% of Arbitrum liquidity is on Camelot. The Mm -hmm. next one is Uniswap with 5%. And then it's like a tail after that. Do you think that is like a good result or something that like needs to be actively thought about when we're talking about this kind of incentive? Okay, so um, in my opinion, the way that I look at it,
4: right? and, And maybe people see it in a different way. But the way that I see it is the incentives are not forever, right? And the proposal makes that very clear as well. This is a six month schedule, 2 million per month. 12 million total, this is not forever. And so in terms of longer term sustainability for any protocol, I think the most important thing becomes how effectively were those emissions used and did it, like the, the point of using emissions is to sort of like, you're, you're a plane on a runway and you wanna take off, but when you're in the air, you don't wanna be like wasting fuel, you wanna be in autopilot mode, right? And that's, that's what, what it is about. If it's a, if it's a bad protocol, it will take off and then immediately crash once the emissions are gone. But if it can get into that autopilot mode, that's where um like that that's where the emissions come in handy. And you know, if if that's the case, then that means that you know they are using the effect the liquidity most effectively. Not that they they use the emissions most effectively. If there was um oh shit, okay, wait one second. Uh if there was uh,
0: well that's the question though is right is like it, are these short-term incentives mm-hmm. going to pay out more than the the investment in long term so like if they put 12 million into Camelot mm-hmm. is the long-term benefits for the Arbitrum ecosystem going to be greater than that like will the amount of liquidity that's built up during that time period uh, significantly be more than the 12 million that's put in right like yeah it, and this, but- is,
4: this is this is where i think the numbers the numbers game is important right because how much you give i think you know you the same way with a plane right if i fill it up with a thousand a trillion liters of fuel it's not going to take off any better you need to get the exact right amount of fuel to get it off the runway and then hopefully no more and that i think you know if you look through the proposal it kind of um oh yeah this is this, this is really great because it Compares it to Velodrome and the OP grants, and I think Velodrome was in one of those cases where um, it didn't it didn't have the same amount of growth that Camelot did without. If if you if you compare both pre uh, emissions pre any OP grants and obviously Camelot right now pre um, any arbitrum grants, obviously Camelot is a, is in a much better place already, right? So you have more data to work with to see how do these Guys, use emissions. How do these guys uh, have effectiveness of uh, liquidity and you know effectiveness of TVL? Blah blah blah.
2: And where can you expect that to grow? You know. How, how uh, can I ask? One uh, honestly, you don't have to answer it uh, for sure. But like, uh, for example, if you were a voter on this one, how, how would you vote? What? Well, oh,
4: I, I, I would be vote. I would be voting. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna be. Let's say like this. I'm gonna probably be putting my uh, post in the Discord. I mean, in the the forum soon, right? Because of course, a vote. If I say yes or no, I think the answer is, of course, yes from me. But a yes or a no doesn't give as much information as a, a probably like a full on discussion about everything. And I'm I'm glad everyone is having that, and I'm glad everyone's looking at the numbers and whatever. But I I would definitely be voting yes. Yeah.
2: So I... ju- just to
0: just to make some. Some more numbers here. Camelot, in their post, says that the Arbitrum Dow treasury currently holds 3.5 billion arb tokens. So yes, uh, that's assume, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, yeah. So assuming a 352 million dollar or 352 million arb uh, token distribution year, over which would provide a 10 year runway, uh, this would come out to 3.4 percent of the annual budget.
2: I know, but uh, first of all, this is uh, they they're asking this for six months, like, and after these six months, they will for sure, like, especially if the the precedent is uh, sent, uh, is uh, I don't know who said, but especially if it happens, uh, the first one. They will, for sure, ask again, and other protocols will also uh, want their part as well. I think it in create a lot of uh, antagonism within uh, the community. It will be very interesting to see, and I think that just like when Moon uh, is, uh, is just uh, said, uh, the most uh, interesting uh, part will be what kind of discussion uh, this will raise. Because uh, the smart thing, but by Camelot, one of the smart things they did. Mm, they asked for it first. They've, uh, they've, like, uh, they've put this conversation out there and they've also threw this uh, number which is now an anchor because now uh, even if you uh, try to say, oh no, maybe uh, like when, when, when 12 is the, the first number you hear, then all of a sudden 8, yeah, maybe I don't know if 8 is enough. But if they at, at first said like, okay, yeah, 3, then we, we're playing a whole different uh, game, you know what I mean? And I think they did it on purpose. I think they specifically uh, thought of a very high uh, number And then, then, uh, because they know that uh, now, maybe even if they get like a quarter of it, it's still a huge amount of.
4: uh, Yeah. uh, Here's the thing, right? Since everybody is kind of thinking in absolute terms rather rather than anything relative, right? At at least what I've seen, most people are saying twelve million, big number, right? So even if they said, and even if they started at three million, I bet somebody's gonna say, well, three million is a big number. You know what I mean? It's so, so literally whatever they put. So that,
2: they get, so that's where they chose to win.
4: You know. What <laughs> I mean? Well, they're in a rock in a hard place. Like any any number they put is is basically what I'm saying. You know. Yeah.
0: So like, let, let's look at the uh, the breakdown. Right. So fifty percent of the rewards go to these ecosystem builders. They list all the pairs here. Twenty five percent are going to integration partners. Is this uh, is this actually distributed to these integration partners? I mean, I see Pendle here who we've had on. Um, but will they just distribute the ARB straight to them? No, so, no, I'm sure no, it'll. No,
4: no. So, so I think with the uh, integration partners, it, there, there's certain things that each of them are doing, right? So for example, with the Pendle, Pendle is putting PT, uh, PT, like, GLP, Camelot, Camelot. Oh, Arl, interesting. Right? So there's like Grail ARB, for example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's on Pendle. And then the liquidity pool for that is what would be incentivized by, by Grail, is, is, what I, is what I take that as. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, another example, I think there's, uh, I don't know which one is the protocol, but there's another one that uh, sort of does, uh, like, the UniV3 management. And I'm sure that's going to be used to help uh, manage their UniV3 uh, style LPs, right? And, and, and that's another way to make it LPing even more efficient. So, you know, it always comes down to that.
1: Look, I, my biggest issue with this whole thing is that, like, we get, we immediately jump into this conversation about, like, liquidity incentivizing and, like, all this just, like, really, really DeFi stuff that, like, taking a step back bigger picture, like, by its very nature, these kinds of investments from the perspective of Arbitrum are, like, one-time costs that don't buy any long-term like assets or anything, right? Like in the best, best case scenario, these 12 million get spent out over six months and that provide some like really deep liquidity on long-tail assets. And then the hope is just that like, Camelot made enough fees to in in order to keep going, right? Like these kinds. So, well, of
0: well, no, I mean, the hope is that you like increase liquidity TVL in the network from whatever it is to like, I don't know, three to five X or whatever, right? right. right. No,
1: but, but like that, if you do that by paying people, you either need to commit to paying people in perpetuity or you need to acknowledge that it's going to go away.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah no, they are. The that's the, that's the whole point right like in my opinion at least any emissions uh any emissions uh schedule for anything ever if you know the emissions stop and then the plane crashes that was a failed that was right. a
1: failed moment, right yeah so i guess my point on this as like why i because like look i'm i'm just like on twitter right now looking at what the reaction to this is and like what everyone is basically saying is like there's like some really compelling things for yes. And it sounds like the no side is just basically like, no, 12 million too much. No, no. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like from my perspective, if I was Arbitrum, I would be saying like the dollar amount is not the issue. The issue is like conceptually with the type of investment. And I just feel like if I, as an owner of Arbitrum, want to invest in something, I want to know that like, I'm not literally like lighting money on fire for six months and then hoping after six months that the warmth, the residual warmth remains.
0: Yeah, so one thing to note about uh, Grail is that since April, it's TBL has been in the decline. So um, maybe the team was looking at their metrics and just kind of thought that they needed to add some liquidity incentives to start competing again. Because if you do look at the uh, at the arbitrum ecosystem, um you know they are quite far behind like even curve has more tvl than they do
1: um I mean, so no, they're quite far behind
0: well you mean look look uniswap v3 has 284 million to to camlot's 78 million right right
1: but i mean i think i don't think we can like credibly say like a native dex on a l2 that's like new and growing should be expected to compete with uniswap and ave like otherwise like Tether is eighty-three billion. Frax is only one. What a joke! You know, like
0: exactly, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> Look, and and, and uh, just to kind of wrap this up, wrap the point up. I think the the best thing to kind of show for this pro- proposal is that list that you brought up, right, with all of the ecosystem partners. And and the way that I see it is, this is not twelve million going to Camelot so they can eat and and be fat and 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 happy and whatever, right? This is twelve million that's going to be flowing. That they've literally shown how it's going to be flowing all the way through the ecosystem, right? Every project will be touched by this, so it's it's not just like th- these one guys that I at least that I see it as. It's everyone gets a piece. Everyone's kind of getting a piece of this uh, giant twelve million pie. Is <laughs> as everyone is everyone looking
2: at it? But but it's but it's not really everyone because it's only those who will be working with Camelot. You know what I mean? So uh, in a way, I do see like uh, several sides of it, which I'm not sure exactly are uh, definitely fair for everyone, because I agree. Camelot is uh, offering something in which they don't pocket any of the money themselves, but they're kind of in control of it and incentivizing the others. And by that, strengthening their own uh, statute.
1: But what's not fair about it?
2: because, uh, well, if they get it as Camelot, and and now as a project, you see that, uh, okay, if you want to get the part of it, you should only go for Camelot. So now, now Camelot has a much bigger competitive advantage to any other decks who also want to to do it. Yeah, uh,
1: but I uh, mean, like... but and, and,
2: and the other decks will also ask like, okay, uh, off chain. You gave them uh, such a grant. Why are you not giving us uh, the same grant as well? Don't you want to have like a robust ecosystem with several DEXs that can do all this kind of stuff? That, that, that's how I, that's how I, I think, think this is going to roll out. The, the,
4: I will also say the, the problem is you're always going to get this kind of politics with whatever grant you give. As soon as you give one grant, even if it's, even if it's 10 bucks, someone is going to cry oh. about it, right? As soon as Op- Optimism gave Validrome the the grant and they gave curve they shift shafted curve everyone was angry right and everyone's going to be angry if it was the other way around because the velodrome guys will be angry or if it's this way that way this way someone's going to be angry that they didn't get as much money as the next person right Mm -hmm. and as long as i think you know you're it's a very specific process where you're looking at metrics and it's not just "Hmm, i like the yellow coin if if you're if you're looking at this is the metrics oh they have TVL. sorry guys you just don't have the TVL. you just don't have the effectiveness of emissions you don't have the the same um, track record you haven't been around as long those kind of stuff I, I think it's it's eventually like sure someone will be angry but then you know you can be I, I think it
1: makes sense from the pro- I mean uh, Arbitrum's perspective that's it yeah I mean again I think I think Kim wants doing the right thing and going after this grant. I think that um, the Arbitrum community, which I don't believe in, I think it's off chain specifically, but whatever, <laughs> I think they need to decide if this is like the type of stuff that um, they want to support. And I think like we as a crypto community need to have like a smarter discussion about um, like just investments and time horizons and like what you're actually getting for this and not immediately just jump into like the um, you know like the dollar amounts and the like the who's winning and the fairness of it all like we should start with first principles of like what are we even getting for this but um, otherwise like the, the the point of this industry is for things to happen organically and to happen in front of us and again Camelot like I very much support what putting a proposal out there it seems like everybody that I know and care about in this community is supporting it and um, you know this is what testing and prod is. <laughs> well off chain
0: has three point five billion dollars that they gotta figure out how to spend to grow Arbitrum and maintain the relevancy so uh, somebody has to do it so good for our good for Camelot taking the initiative, putting some numbers out there. They probably should have shot for more probably should have done fifty million over a year or <laughs> but maybe this is just like a first step. Uh, I'm sure they've talked to the off chain labs before they actually posted this thing. It wouldn't really make sense for them to do it without doing that so um what do you think, guys? Pass or no pass?
1: Um, I think it probably passes. I think just based on like what I'm seeing on crypto Twitter, plus the fact that you're right, like Camelot's not dumb and off chain's not dumb. I'm sure that like there was some sort of alignment before this started. Like I would be surprised to see if it gets shot in the face, and if it does, like I understand it. I totally, totally understand it. And for me, if I were to vote no. And to be clear, I'm not going to vote because the only ARB I have is in a liquidity pool. But if I were to vote no, it would be because like I just don't think that this is like a good way to be doing finance.
0: Wow, that's probably how it's going to end up. Uh, all the no votes are probably stuck in liquidity pools uh, because <laughs> they don't care about governance. And the people that do will be voting
1: yes, right? Um, I know. Wait, actually, Sam, that's like pretty fucking profound. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's a real reason that DAOs aren't real. <laughs> like, the people that don't care that would be like in there, like shooting down bad ideas and like non, like, like personally enriching ideas are like have their assets in ways that they can't get involved
0: to be solved by bear chain at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, it's we solved. will, yeah, we'll, we'll end up before we end up going for two hours here. Uh Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh Great conversation. When fucking carried it today, bro. Thank you, Or er, lady. Yes, um, <laughs> miss. Miss, miss, miss. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and, per- uh
2: Monday, no. We'll be back Monday. Monday. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. We'll be back two hours. Don't we have a talk? do ah, Hi, You guys
0: haven't anyone. Oh, gosh, we're coming back to talk with Nicolo Bardosia. With uh, the Italian Mafia, right? The Italian Mafia from Risk risk Finance is coming on to, uh, to talk about risk, I guess. So yeah. we'll see you back then and uh, see you back soon, Squids, until the tide returns.
2: Goodbye, folks. Ciao.